0: You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Welcome to Quantum Leap Book Club. During the next hour, beloved mind scientist Parisha and her guests from around the world will read and discuss various best-selling books with well-known authors. Every show will apply retention techniques designed to help you to absorb powerful knowledge to effectively change your life. Join us every week for a thought-provoking hour and re-listen as often as you can. You will be delighted by what you learn and you will be excited by the results. Are you ready to take the Quantum Leap? Here's Parisha.
1: Greetings. This is Quantum Leap Book Club, and this is your host, Parisha. My co-host and I this week will be starting with a new book called The Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza, somewhat of a friend to most of us. And this book has literally become a Bible to most people in progressive process of changing themselves and changing their life. So when we begin this week, we'll be doing just a review of some of our own activities with the book, as well as particular things we've been uh, involved with, and bringing you up to date through the introduction in that. The introduction of the book is actually done by Dad, Danny May and Amen, which is a very, very dear friend and one that has done extraordinary things in brain research and understanding the gift of the beautiful thing we have as a brain. And one of the most exciting lessons I have actually participated in my years of working with brain and research is actually to see how well we can change our brain and change our life. In fact, most of Danny Alman's books is actually about that, change your brain, change your life. And we begin to think of it, in such a way that it's like clay and that we can actually mold it and make it into the characters of which we want in our life. And as we move through that, we begin to see the miracles and the impact of what really can be. And as we begin to live the changes that we can have through brain activity and the particular ma- mind programming. I know that most people feel meditation is the process and the practices that they use in many areas of brain development, but most of it is visualization and actually the practice of visualizing, feeling the visualization as real as you possibly can make it and actually experiencing it from a dream-like state making a movie of it. In fact, as we go through Dr. Dispenza's book, we will see that he actually teaches people how to make movies of their dream and their ideals, particulars of life. And with that, we begin to see the differences in people's health, their memory, their actual quality of life, all of it changes. And through Dr. Ahmed's particular research, and of course he would be the one to write this forward, Okay, it is in through brain research that we become the physical body of what we want in happiness, not just the way we think, but the way we look, the way we live, and the things we do. And once we begin to see that change, then it's easy to optimize the growth of becoming someone that you haven't been, someone who you have dreamed of being. Okay, and as the brain becomes healthier, everything about your world becomes healthier. Okay, it's like your personality. I've seen in the research I've worked with, is personalities change. People don't even begin to remember who they were. We forget the particular things or move past the things in our past that keep coming back and creating attitudes and particular emotions. And then as we move on through that, we begin to learn to let it go or move forward with it not having impact. All of that begins to have something better in life than what we do. So when we talk about breaking habits, it's exactly that changing the way we live and do things takes practice, takes a lot of time and determination. And as we go through our book with you each week, we hope to see you seeing and celebrating with you those changes and how they have impact in what you see in the world. I think right now, It's it's so timely that we're going through this book with what the state of our world is, the effects of COVID and now a particular world situation that's involved with the war. We need to have things that help us see things in a logical way of how we can progress to a much better level of intelligence, not just anger, emotions and frustration. So, as I bring my hosts on, we'll actually have each one of them share how it is that they particularly see the book at this time, what benefits they've had, and where they're moving. So, with me is Joyce Molenhauer from Arizona. We have Mike DeLar from Montreal. We have Rosemary Heyer, actually from Frankfurt, Germany. Trina Cooper from uh, somewhere around. Denver, Colorado. Not always sure where you're at there, Trina. You move as much as I do. We also have Geraldine Dalby Ball from Sydney, Australia. Mary Ann Love from Melbourne, Australia. I don't think I've left any of my co-hosts out, so welcome. And may we definitely have a feast upon this book that we have served many times. Um, who's going to start this week actually sharing some of your experience with this book as well as what you hope our listeners will benefit from.
2: Hi, this is Marianne from Melbourne, Australia. I'm happy to share. You're back in that beautiful room. I know. It's my favorite room. Um, um, This is particularly the room I'm manifesting. So if you can't tell it is a fake room, but I'm manifesting this room. Thanks to Joe's well well described work we can all manifest whatever we imagine um and i think that's one of the things i've loved about um how he's described these principles in his books these are universal principles but he's managed to put a good level of science behind it so for someone like me that likes like um evidence and wants to understand it before i will really accept it it's been really good to have something to ground, like why am I doing this particular meditation practice or focus or how can I change my feeling state or even my identity or personality state, like the actual step-by-step path for change. And I've found that powerful and useful for myself and clients as well. Um, You know, just the principles like that we're 99.9% energy and what we can do with that and that the past doesn't determine our future, that we can you know, get conscious of what that programming is and put into the imagined reality a new script, a new feeling, state, a new idea of outcomes. And by doing that, we're rewiring our whole body, mind, brain and and therefore living and walking a different path. And so I think all this work, like all his books, really give a good grounding and a lot of... Um, I like that there's lots of stories of people's stories of success. I find that really helpful um, to hear stories, how people healed their cancers, how people did, you know, they've done huge things, massive change. And then there's just this now, you know, in my mind, I can go to hundreds of stories Joe's shared in his, in his books. I like that in his workshops, he actually researches it. He'll put people on brain equipment and he'll see what's happening and then He'll write that in his next book. So you've really got an understanding of all these things. He almost experiments on his people that he's workshopping in his workshops and like like in a in a joyful pioneering kind of way, um, and and reports that so clearly. So all of it's really good grounding for just doing the simple act of change.
1: So, but when you say change, and obviously you get a lot of firsthand. Uh, interaction with this material as a therapist. Uh, when you when you bring change, change in all of my work and all of the experiments I've done, change is the most feared word you put to people. Mm-hmm. I watch you know how we test the the energy levels and the auric field and stuff, and you throw the word change in just a regular conversation. It almost like paralyzes the energy field. Mm-hmm. So it's like in, in looking and breaking the habit of being yourself, I mean, every page is about change, right? Every, everything you're saying that you see in it is, is about doing it different than you usually do. Hmm. And so how do you actually, like if you come across a person who's actually just frozen with that and they have that level of fear, do you have any tips or particular thoughts that you apply at that time?
2: Yeah, I think firstly is understanding the principles of what's being taught in terms of the brain-body connection and wiring in the brain, the emotional habits and the chemistry, just understanding the science. And then, like, I can see how people may be paralysed with the word change because it would bring up all the old programs, the fears themselves, like beliefs, I'm not good enough, I can't do it. Last time I tried something new, maybe I was five years old and I got told off for a mistake that I made. And and all of those experiences register in the nervous system. And so when everyone uses the word change, then like the time they put their hand up at primary school and the teacher yelled at them or, yeah. that, you know, all of that is going to be re-stimulated as almost like a past emotional memory trigger. But understanding these principles you can then go, oh, that's what's happening and even use a fear of change as something to observe and look at, understand, and then might write your script around, okay, I'm not going to get annihilated for this move, this progress. That's the program I'm letting go of.
1: Yeah. I have, uh, over the years, I've learned instead of saying we're going to make some changes, I'll, I'll actually tell people, okay, we've just reviewed the take. Now we're going to do a retake and put it into the framework we want, not what happened through circumstance or emotions. And some of the particular outcome, the physiological impact where people do it, I mean, it's it's painful. It's I have compassion for it because it it, it totally lacks them out of control. After that, the vulnerability is so strong, I just watch them kind of, flutter around and trying to adjust to that and, and in their mind, but they're not saying in their words, it's like, so what are you taking away? Immediately people feel the takeaway, not the add on, or the, the changes mean to bring something else in. They immediately see it as an extraction and subtraction. And what are you taking away? What, what am I losing? You know what I mean? And so basically I would, I would see that in the day to day kind of work that you do that that becomes a real barrier unless you find those words at work. Each individual has a word that they can use instead of change. It helps them get to the point where they accept change. And um, I definitely respect and realize you do a great deal of, of assistance in those of you who are in your field. So it is a blessing, and I thank you for all that you do for people. Every day I see that. And when you finally get that room made in your house, I'm coming to see you. So work fast. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's incentive. Oh, okay. Let's let uh, Joyce uh, out here in the beautiful Arizona weather. Joyce, what have you found? in Well, the... I, I have had
3: an interesting day and few days reviewing what Dr. Joe has impacted in my life. And I when I caught this phrase, his introductory phrase was the greatest habit that we could possibly overcome is the habit of being yourself. Well, I went, I pondered to that, because so much of my life, I have had advice from people, just be yourself. When I have had moments of not really being comfortable in situations. So being yourself, maybe has some validity, but the being yourself has often meant you're fragmented. Being yourself in one circumstance is different than being yourself in another circumstance. So I can very much see that that was a lead-in that he used for that. And then humor and ability to laugh is certainly what I find one of the most powerful ways to, to change and to learn. And and, and Grandmother Parrishaw has so often helped us laugh at ourselves. I remember one circumstance where that group of us had had spent four or five days out in nature all by ourselves, searching for a new self. And we came back in and I tell you, we must've had a half an hour of laughing so hard that most of us peed in our pants because (laughs) she reflected back to us. Yes, we were there doing what we were supposed to be doing or what wanted to do. But in the meantime, the funny experiences that we had with ourselves was so real and so human. So I I just really enjoyed that. And and Joe's first book, Evolve Your Brain, what put me on fire was his chapter on mental rehearsal. In fact, my brain went so fast and hard with that chapter that I could envision a popular stage show where you would enact out what he was teaching in that book. And people would re- resonate to it because this is a, it's a journey in life, but it's also a battle. So by being able to laugh, the battle becomes less intense. So some of the key things that I kind of summarized for myself as I was thinking through the books was, one, I had to face the fact that I create everything in my life and my thoughts lead me to what I create. Well, that's not always something that's easy to do. If you've got the habit, like I've had at times, of thinking something outside myself, really believing something outside myself is what needs to change. So so that's a huge one. And that only the present moment exists. And really, as I do more and more studying, and listening quite often to Grandmother Parrishaw, I'm starting to recognize the present and the future and the past are actually all one. The past doesn't even exist. The present is only in this breath, and the next breath is the future. So it is just really powerful to do one's best to recognize that. So there's just many things of the science. I love that he backs it up with the quantum science that we have a vast potential to choose from. When, when I even attempt to grasp that, I recognize there is nothing that I cannot create in my life. So those are some of the thoughts that I've lived with as I've looked back over this book.
1: You, you, Will you bring the laughter back? I'd like to explain Actually, with our studies, what most of us study together uh, is based some on traditional as well as natural ways of uh, seeing life and worship. And the laughter is brought in because in every serious ceremony we have, okay, we have the clowns, we have we have whatever we call the fools that actually come and demonstrate the human nature, the monkey that we can be, okay? And if we begin to see that and actually see ourselves trying to be serious, that's where we've had our laughter choice, Mm is actually to see how we try to take on this role of perfection. And in perfection, I mean, perfection is a frozen state, especially in our ceremonies. We realize the ever-changing of, of nature and life means each breath is different and so in each breath how can we look so precisely perfect so in trying to do that we do all kinds of distortions and so in the time like being alone with yourself and trying to put your whole life in order in four or five days just the ridiculousness of us just the ridiculous enough of us trying to be perfect in those days okay so yes we've had lots of fun with that and it definitely is a tradition from age, age ageless cultures uh, cultures more more present in less time than in time so it's it's good I'm happy that you shared that but I also realized something that you did when we when we as a group with a few other people with us you had brought the book forward and one of the things i felt the the impact that you gave us in uh, actually picking up his first book, okay, Evolving the Brain. I remember what you said, and I remember the strength, and I remember the steadfastness in what you said. You actually shared with us that you saw in this book that you could be all of your dreams, that all you had to do was master living and being what that is, and that you believed in your whole heart that in after this book, you would be able to follow it step by step and find the success that you desire. I can say to you in testimony of that statement, today, I see that person far more than the person that used to be there. I believe that you have embraced it and that you have taken it forward, not only evolved the brain, but definitely breaking the habit of being yourself. You're an example of what you teach and you speak. You're a wonderful writer, and I am so very happy to be in relationship with you and I feel that all of you, my co-host we this this would be a thread of truth that I could weave through all of our time together and that actually if we look back on this or look into the place we've been with this, we realize that this is the excitement but also the energy that keeps us ever evolving toward the magnificence of whatever that word perfect means because in that moment it means we know of ourselves as love we know of our capabilities we know reality as the quantum truth and that we begin to see effects of us on our world and that then it helps people understand when we say you make a difference you matter you count Without you, there is not a wholeness of anything. And in that, I think that uh, Dr. Dispenza's books have actually helped a lot of people see that and the fun that we've had with it. Um, Knowing Joe and working personally with him over the years has been a great gift in my life. So I definitely share that. And thank you so much, Joyce, for actually bringing your open enthusiasm back into the picture again. So we'll move on now and actually see what Mike Dallar up there in Montreal's do it.
4: Well, first of all, I have to apologize. There's something going on with my throat here tonight. So if I sound a little squeaky, well, I guess we'll just have to live with it. We but, forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of you know I'm an engineer, so I, I tend to come to things and, and look for the um, rational side or the logical side or the side I can kind of follow step by step to understand and. What I really appreciate about the way that Joe has laid out his books and what he's done is he makes it, he, he, he proves what he's talking about. And I, when I say this, I mean, there's a lot of us and I'm sure a lot of people who've read books and we've gotten all that knowledge and we think we've understood something. But until you've really lived it and until you've really experienced it, you really don't have the wisdom of it. And what I like about Joe, and especially in the first book where he, uh, that Joyce referred to, Evolve Your Brain, He explains how he went through all this. He did this. I mean, he was in a situation where he had to be able to get past who he was in order to be able to be able to teach what he teaches. So for me, that gives me a lot of credibility. It gives him a lot of credibility with me. I can say this man has lived it. He knows what it is. He's been in the bottom. He's been back up to the top. And now he's trying to drag everybody else up with him. So I I appreciate that. I think that's a... um, it, it, it goes a long way to connecting with people like myself who say, OK, I understand what he's saying. He lays out the science, as Marianne said originally, by doing experiments, by, by working with people, by showing the, the advancements that people have made over even just as short a time as a few days on a, on a workshop, how much it's possible to actually change your brain. And, you know, there's a, a, a statement that's made in one of his books, I think, somewhere that, you know, don't don't believe everything you think. And I think that's just so true because we've got all these ingrained things that we've picked up over our lifetime that people who maybe who we, we respected told us, taught us, whatever, or it's just been ingrained in us. And it ain't true. It's just not true. And until someone brings you to the point where you can look at it logically and say, no, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this, it starts to fall together. So when I see that happening, it gets me excited to say, I want to do this. I really, want to, I really want to follow this. I really want to change my brain because obviously if everything in my life is not working perfectly, I got work to do. And so I like he gives you a roadmap. I like he gives you a step-by-step, and I like he really gives you the, 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 the process and the proof. So that's kind of where I come from with it. Um, I, I like the science. It, to me, it's, it, 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 it touches me and it hits me where I can understand it.
1: And, and you bring in the, a beautiful part of it where Joe's whole life as a teacher and a trainer has come about from the fact that if he had not made those changes in his life, he would have been definitely in a wheelchair and never walked again. So it wasn't like he started in it to seek happiness or change his wealth or change his relationship. It was actually to change his physical body situation so he could live standing, walking and have a healthy life. And what I love about that is how he realized that you have to think and live your vision and your story because the doctors did not give him good diagnosis. Okay. Okay. And he had to shut them off and actually develop the story that he has become—not one that he thought or wished, he one that he become and understand the daily. I love how, in especially that first book, and I don't know how we're getting off on evolve the brain when we're starting breaking a habit, but anyway, he does great detail of how every day. He had to win that battle every day. He he cut himself off from the world, and how he had to actually take on himself and his own decision, and every day with the help of some friends, obviously that put him up. Okay, he fought every day the mind every day. And when I'm working with people, and I look at my own situation, I realize that people make that decision or postulate to make these differences and to become something more that desirable of life. And then our everyday life, everyday ordinariness, everyday personality, everyday this, it's in the way so that we're spending three quarters of our time in the same quagmire of of emotions and stuff. And we think that that 10 or 15 minutes or maybe even four hours out of our day is actually going to make that 24 hours work different. And it doesn't. It's the seriousness that he showed in his book that if a student wants change, they have to begin to live that now. Live, not do, but live it. And that whenever I teach, and I know you all have heard it a million times, this is not what I do. This is who I am. This is my life. And until we take that seriousness into this book, we're not going to see the changes that we want. This is not read the book and now it's done. This is actually devour and become what the book tells you to do Mm -hmm. and begin to take that how you live your life. I I have secretaries and people who call me all the time and say they don't have like active other things in their life and they have set their alarms to where they're sitting there on their desk and they'll actually ask yourself every time the brain goes off, what was I thinking? Was I in the right mind or was I in the opposite mind? And that doing that actually helped their job change. Out of 32 secretaries that actually did that, okay, out of that, 27 of them all got promotions in their jobs and become executives in their company because they changed that much. That's what it takes. That's what it is. And if it's important, if our goal is important enough, then we know we have to give it the time it's going to take and be sure we're using that time in the particular proper way of doing that. So I I feel very good about you bringing that back in. Joe is a teacher that's teaching what he has done, not what he has learned and what he studied, but what he has done. And I think Mm -hmm. like you, that brings a lot of credibility and the substance to what I feel he actually shares with us. And one of the other things he's doing that I would like even for you, the co-host, to look at this. Some time back, I got involved in two or three groups. They wouldn't allow more than five people to be in the group, but it was five people who had read at least one, if not two or three books that Joe had wrote and actually had been to some of his seminars. But when we got into the group, which I thought was going to be the major subject, was Dr. Dispenza. It wasn't. It was this wealth of accumulated study and accumulated attendance in so many different uh, seminars and everything. And I realized every day that the hour, maybe sometimes we'd go over 20 minutes, hour and 20 minutes, because by the time all five of us got to talk, we had gone over a little But we enjoyed it. And that in each of the groups I was in, there was a different flavor, a different kind of environment about what we were studying but in every one of them i realized that when i felt that this time i didn't have time to do that and had to cut back and everything there was this big gap There was this big gap and it helped me begin to look what i had actually been filling in to the living of this and how important it was so i do suggest to our listeners go on the internet and find out where some of the dr dispensa's groups are And actually get in one and attend it each week with an open mind to hear, not to judge and not to have the need to have opinions or critique it. But just be aware and observe it how much more of this book you get through the participation of it. So that was all definitely something I wanted to make sure that you get in touch with. Let's go to Trina in uh, Dender or somewhere around there and see what you got there. I'm, I'm actually in Broomfield, Colorado is where I live
3: okay.
0: <laughs> and I'm actually home. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's, and we actually have gotten rain here first moisture in six weeks. So we're all celebrating. I'm like Okay. Um, so I've actually read four of Dr. Joe's books and um, he had, you know, you are the, um, the placebo and evolve your brain and becoming supernatural. And then this one, breaking the habit of being yourself. What I really like about this, I think I read this the first time, it might've been 2013 when I worked with it. And um, back then I was still kind of quiet, standoffish, um, didn't really like how I was all the time. And, you know, looking at it going, okay, how do I get out of this person that I've created? Um, because I want to do more. And so coming from reading this, what I really loved, I have this analytical side of me, but I also had this real drive for the mystical and um, around meditation about quantum and all these things. And I loved how he blended these things together in here, taking the very scientific, stepping us through so we got to understand what was really going on with us from uh, electromagnetic, biochemical organism that we were. And that some of this drove it also talking about our belief systems, which I over time have really, really understood that, you know, we come in as babies, and we're kind of this blank slate, we have our, some of our innate personalities and stuff. But a lot of what we become is from the experiences that we've had and the patterning that we have in the belief systems we've created. And a lot of those are unconscious. We don't even know that they're there and we just react from them. So going through his processes of understanding how this works and then stepping into meditation at that point, I'd been meditating since about 2000, 1999, 2000, something like that. But he really teaches you how to use it. And that's what was really cool in this is, is to be able to use meditation to create the changes in yourself that you want to see. I I start thinking about how many people I come in contact with that say, oh, I don't like this in my life or this isn't going right or, you know, and they, they're struggling with things. And I think about, I, I don't know, it's been attributed maybe to Einstein and a whole bunch of other people, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. And so if you just keep being that old self and coming from the old beliefs that are creating the life that you don't that you know you're not loving or you're not happy with yourself or whatever, you need to step into some of these changes to to create the new neurons in your brain, to create a new way of responding to things and I think one of the biggest things I love is that these books really helped me become more aware of myself and more aware of when I have a reaction. And um, I know grandmother parish always said to us, get over yourself. And I was like, I don't get what that means. You know, what does get over yourself mean? Well, it was, why am I blocking myself? What's coming up in me that that's stopping me from doing the things or creating the excuses or falling back into the old patterns? And in order to get over ourselves, we really need to do some work on ourselves. Yeah. And when we work on the inner, we create a different outer. So, I, these books for me have been fabulous. I, I recommend them to people all the time. And the last thing I just love about it is he really allows us this experiential piece. And a lot of the shows I do, um, conventions and trade shows, and the ones that we build are very experiential because we recognize that it's the experiential is where we learn. You can read books and they all become shelf knowledge. They don't become self-knowledge all the time. And, but when you really get into it and experience, that's when a big change is made. So for me doing this it gives you the opportunity and it gives me the opportunity. This is where I really had a takeaway is that um, I have to be responsible for everything that happens to me and that I can tap into all the possibilities and all the potentials of who I came in to be. And it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And this is one of the tools we can use and everybody can use it. It works In so many ways. So, um, yeah, I want to harness my possibilities and my potentials.
1: And this is a great tool to use. I, I go back with you, Trina, to way back to a beginning. I see the beautiful, flourishing woman that I see as a loved friend right now. But I also remember that woman before she actually decided that she was a butterfly and she had wings. And I still look back to those days with compassion, mind you, where you had this microphone. The first time I said to you, go out there and make the announcements yourself. And there was this look on your face like, what? (laughs) And when you got out there, how hard you were holding that microphone, your knuckles were white. And you were doing well, though, your voice wasn't quivering you but you had that microphone. I mean, it was like a life pole. Okay. And I remember that, and actually see over the time how you have actually lived this book, you have actually brought forward that because today. Here you hold your own workshops. I mean, you've included it into the industry's programs and stuff that you and and Larry do. But at the same time, you've taken that little notch of your own and you're including helpful things and you're bringing into the industry things people can do for themselves to better their lives as far as physical bodies and healthy minds. And it's just like watching you sit here today and tell me about what you've just explained and knowing where you come from, like with Joyce and each one of you. Look at your lives and understand that you are the example of this book. You are how this book works. And look at the magnificence maybe not perfection because none of us are ready to go yet. Okay. We'll get perfect when it's time is up. All right. But right now that we can still make those mistakes, we can still grow. We can still risk. We can still shoot for the unforgettable. Okay. And to watch you and actually see, like I said, even the way you wear your hair now, Trina, even the way, the way I've watched you dress, you're emanating. You're not in just, doing it living it you're emanating who you have become and this is this is the gift that we can help everybody even just doing our show and the wonderful production here that jules gives us to be part of the (coughs) the show and stuff that you have that each one of you will give to our listeners the example of your success and as i look at you all across the top of my screen every one of you have a abundance to offer people to help people find their ways across the troubled waters it's an adventure take it on live it face your fears with a determination be powerful and to walk through that fear with the confidence of knowing there is the other side of it and when we come to the other side there's unlimited unlimited possibilities I thank you so much for sharing that. And again, also thank you very much for including into a very threatening industry because these people expose themselves to all kinds of contaminations. You're giving them lots of thought on how to definitely make a better situation of it. And for that and for them, I give great appreciation to you. So definitely keep strong on that. And then we're going to go to Rosemary there in Frankfurt, Germany. Rosary, what would you like to share with us?
5: Yes, um, you were talking about the word change. And and that's what I'm starting with. I remember previous years when I've been with you, Grandmother Persia, and I shared that I did something which I really didn't think served me well and habits and behaviors and all that. And often you said just simply change. And I remember I was looking at, I could not grasp what you mean with simply change, just like Trina said, you know, she couldn't grasp the other thing. And Dr. Joe was actually the one who is explaining that to simply change yourself and then you can change your life. And I think he does it in such a, a very effective way. And, and one, one, one example was really exciting for me when we, when I first time read and heard that, um, Your body is actually addicted to these behaviors, to this old stuff, to these beliefs. It's actually chemically addicted to it. And I have to tell you, that was a relief for me to read that because I was struggling so hard to change myself and it just didn't work in many ways. And it was empowering me because I finally got it. And I got some tools to understand that I have to prune away consistently and stop thinking that old stuff and being in that old way. And and that was really a a great thing for me. I remember that very well when I started studying him. And for years, I mean, I have heard and many of your listeners have heard uh, the thought, you create your own reality. I mean, that was someone, everybody said that but nobody explained it, how we do that. And Dr. Joe does that very well. I mean, he explains it and he pulls from so many places, neuroscience, quantum physics, as I before. And um, he goes in such details and he's even repetitive. You know, sometimes like I don't, my nurse, like, oh my God, he's going again into it, but he's so um, committed to really that we get that. And, and he has said many times that, that you do need that knowledge. And even when you get that knowledge, you're already kind of enlightened and your consciousness is, is so expanded if you just only read the knowledge part of his books, not even getting to the processes. And um, one of the things he's saying, and that is not with him, it's coming from quantum physics is all this energy. And I'm still, after all these years, uh, just like Trina, I started reading him in 2012. After all these years, I'm still, still thinking that thought. Okay, all is energy. And I look around and I don't see any (laughs) energy. I see things, you know? And, uh, but through the processes of Dr. Cho, I was able actually to experience that. One of my most favorite processes I did and I still do is the walking meditation. It takes about one hour and thirty minutes. And um, on one of these, uh, I did a walking meditation to draw an event into my life, which was our journey to Egypt. And I didn't know how to get there and how to get this done, so I decided to do the walking meditation to pull it into my life, which I actually did. But what I'm trying to get to is at the end of one of the walking meditations, I was standing on that hill, and there's a a moment at the end where you close your eyes again, you listen again to his guidance on the tape. And I opened my eyes and the huge hill on the other side of the horizon was energy. It was not just a hill with trees. It was in that split second, it was energy. It was alive. It was relating to me. I only was going like, and then it was over. (laughs) And I'm just saying that, I'm trying to say that Dr. Cho not only talks about it, he makes it possible if you diligently work on it uh, to experience things like that. It's not something out there for being in the mountain as a monk and sitting in your uh, cave. You can actually on a day by day basis in your life, do it. And, um, I had um, also been in many groups and I'm still in uh, a German group, a uh, German book club group. We're reading placebo right now. It's the book about you and the placebo. And I, I feel like that it connects you to a wide community. There's a huge community uh, of Dr. Jodi's there, thousands and thousands of people all over the world. I've met, I've made new friends. and And I can only say that, that uh, this is really worthwhile to look into and if you haven't decided you know, you're not passionate yet about maybe reading the book I recommend just go on YouTube and listen to some of the testimonials it's amazing what the people have been able to change and not only the vast knowledge you get from his workshops and books but you also get the step-by-step processes to make a, make a change and um, I, I believe that that with Dr. Jody Spencer, we get uh, tools on our hands, which in my life keep constantly reminding me that I can be some, how can I say that I can be something much bigger than I think I am, or, or I don't know, or that there's some that it always keeps me on my toes to reach out to the larger part of me, maybe say it this way. And And I completely agree that it's not really a classical meditation. It is really the work. If we use uh, Frank, uh, Frank Wolf's uh, ways of saying it, we're working in the imaginary realm. We are actually working with our imagination, our feelings when we do the processes and, and you come into some kind of trance, I would say where you just make literally changes, biochemical changes in that moment in your life and in your body and in your mind. And, It's very, very powerful.
1: Yes, it is very, very much so. As I watch you talk, the memories I come back with, and it's when I'm watching you share some some of your experience, I remember you in the beginning that instead of embracing some of the suggestions you actually would ask, what is wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. And I can remember how you used to try to make all of us understand how it is it's wrong with us, okay? (laughs) it was, And how well you could show us what that is. And I've watched how you, you know, and you demonstrated for me the fear that many people have of that word change. And actually, at that point, see how much of our history tells us how wrong we have been made most of our life. And how beautiful you are, a beautiful teacher, and that I've watched arrogance and softness come to a a part of the wheel to where you can stand across from the arrogance and see the beautiful in your softness, yet still understand you are the perfect you. You are that which I teach all the time. You are that which is important. You are that that makes the difference. And you are that that makes it whole. And I see how beautiful you've come with that. I look forward to you showing a lot of the teaching that you used to be involved in, the groups that you would take out into the field. I would watch on the the auras of the different groups when you would tell me you had people out. And the change and the actual growth those people showed from spending that time with you. So I feel actually what all you've picked up has actually knitted you the blanket of which you rest people upon and what you put yourself under when you want to teach the universal tapestry of what time space can give us. I appreciate that very much. And I, again, appreciate all of you that are a big part of my life. That's why we share this show. And uh, definitely what you're encountering now in your country, like we're all encountering you have answers you do have those answers and those answers now you I want you to share the arrogance of saying I have something you need to know I like that I want you to say that a lot more now bring that to reality the other the other thing that I want to say is that you brought out with Joe and the sciences you're all bringing that forward We need our listeners to realize, if you've never read this book, some of our listeners are already telling me they've read this book several times themselves. We're happy with that. Stay with us. And with with what we're saying here is that Joe actually takes you into the sciences. We're not just talking about the vague statement out there of quantum anything. Joe actually brings us in this book into chemistry and the actual breakdown of the sciences of our body, so that we understand what a lot of our activity is actually linked to, because that's what changes with us. So we're looking forward to that as well. And finding out that once you understand your emotions or chemistry, you can understand how to bring the alkaline into the acidity levels and change the whole nature of what you're feeling and how you react to things. So we're looking forward to that being a part of your experience. The dispensa in my life is definitely Michio Kaku. And Michio Kaku started bringing these sciences of what our day can be and our world can be and how our futures and very much today in the particular books of his that I've read, we are living the world of science through our technology and what we can do with computers and technology today. And more and more of that has come to the surface in what Joe is teaching as well. So for me, the science is, as Michael had shared, science is everything to me. I started out needing science to prove to me what people thought were the superstitions of my Native elders and my community. And in searching for answers to that, I found so much more of it for me in there. So I seek and I thirst and I hunger for science. So as soon as something begins to explain its nature and its whatabouts, I mean, I got my attention 100%. So that was always easy for me to get lost in. Now we're going to go in and let Geraldine Dalby Ball actually take uh, her particular story and share with us. But before we do that, I want to share something, Geraldine, with you. As we had actually began to do our collection for helping the extension to be put on anime's house so that family could all come in and eat at the end of the ceremonies one of the young people pretty much i'm going to take a guess at about 14 years old had had a dream and said that a woman come to visit when they were looking at how big it should be and how how it should be put together and that she was a woman of the trees and she described you perfectly And she said this woman was giving the gifts to help us with this and that she just wanted her to remember that they will be very careful that they do not cut down trees that can add better things that have longevity in our world. And she asked me what your name was. And I want you to know she makes offering every day for you in the forest, in the lands of your land. She also shared that you live amongst people that are very old and are of the water. So it helped me understand more that she explained of her experience, exactly the attributes that apply to you. So I want you to know there is definitely a young Hopi beauty that thinks very much of you and thanks you very much for your generosity for her people and the way that they can follow their tradition. I thought you might like to hear that. So want to share with us what you think about joining us with this book.
6: Our whole of sharing as well, Grandmother Parisha, and to the Hopi and all the people. And it goes well with how I felt my opening would be in that when I really sat back and looked at it, it's not so much about Joe; <laughs> It's about the whole journey that when I looked back, who did I meet that ended up meeting with me meeting you, what was that whole route? And then how's that route? What <clears throat> well, you have brought to us, science, and brought to us books, brought to us Joe's books, brought to us many books. I
1: also, and so, let me interrupt you a minute because there's something I left out. Remember when we took Maya there and she was with them, I truly feel that that visit that we had and with her and how, how important that whole meeting was with her, has actually made that connection. And uh, it would be nice if Maya could make a letter that we could bring and share with that, okay? All right. Thank you very much for the attributes.
6: Abs- absolutely. Um, I I hear you there too because when I was listening, I could, the big things from Joe's book that I could say is things like the detailed science of the chemical addiction. And then I know that he's drawn that from, say, Dr. Candy's Pertz's work. So I see Joe as being a bridge in some ways of bringing a lot of really good science into compendiums for us because mm-hmm. he doesn't say, you know, I'm, this is, I made this up. But what he says is this is where I got it and now myself and the team have been researching it. It's not just these books. It's like right now he's doing more work with the Heart Math Institute. This very moment, like he says, um, mm-hmm. May, end of May, we're going to have people, twins in a room and we're going to measure, we're going to put one twin's going to meditate, one twin's going to do this, and we're going to measure their brain and everything, see what's going on. That's what I like about um, what Joe brings with the science. He's showing that we don't know it all. Yeah. He asks a question. And as, I mean, I'm, my background is a scientist, you know, in that process of have a hypothesis, what might it be, do a test, replicate it, experiment with it, and because of the books, because of the science and the information, we're then able to see, wow, this is, this is powerful because it's multiple people, multiple countries, multiple language groups. It's finding commonalities of what works for humanity. So I have found that powerful in it as well. And I appreciate you bringing it to us because it's been able to to bring the language that then we can speak to others. And so many people today are coming closer to science. And I just looked, okay, the chemical addiction to emotion is is a big one. I I can recall a story really quickly about how the books then influence is that I was walking in Nepal, really beautiful, you know, nothing, no stresses, (laughs) but I found myself replaying a story of the um, a nice a nice discussion I would have with my mother-in-law about some things I thought she really needed to look at. And I realised I was working up an adrenaline and a set of emotions that I'd been used to from work, but this happened to be as the storyline that gave me that chemical that I'd been missing because I was no longer in front of a computer and having bombarding requests. And when I noticed, it was because I remembered a line out of one of Joe's books that says, now, you're going along in your car and you're heading to work and you start rehearsing this and by the time you, you get there you feel like this. So I realised that it's not just one book and not just one practice, but when you have a book, the information comes to you in the moment you need it. So I was then able to laugh at myself in Nepal, sitting up there, realising I'd created the whole internal drama to feed a chemical addiction. So I would say of all the books, the chemical addictions, definitely one that you can use every single day. The other thing the books have shown me is, again, from many teachers who say clarity and focus are what create an outcome, Joe's books, again, particularly give you why. So it's like if you call someone on a mobile phone, if you don't use the right number, you're not going to reach them. Yeah. So, again, you can then work with all the other processes that are there to say what does it look like as the end result, which Grandmother Parish has worked with us so much in techniques that, again, I find the books from Joe as a bridge to give some of the you know, very right-brained creation, the strength of the left brain, which is saying, It has to be like this, has to be like this, has to be like this. So the left brain now, which is the logic side, Joe's answering that or giving us information. So we can tell our own mind when it says not like this or like that. As Marianne said, you know, people might go back to a a past moment and say, well, it happened like that last time. Joe gives us the information so we can say, well, it doesn't have to be like that this time. And then that beautifully, what it does for me is it links to a sharing, say, from Grandmother Parisher about you know the coyote's always at the door, or Fred Allen Wolf. Who's the trickster? So the beauty of stories and tradition from First Peoples now has another set of neurons for me that I can come in and say, I have a different understanding of that now. And I also appreciate just to conclude that I pro- I respect how Joe has said there's information which is what's in the books. There's knowledge when you start to put it together yourself and there's wisdom when you use it. There's various parts of the books I still have as information. There's parts that are knowledge. It's a life process to be wise in it.
1: All right. Thank you very, very much. We're coming pretty close to the conclusion of our hour. What I'd like to say is my relationship with Joe started a long, long time before the books Actually, when he began to explore his own spirituality, what I love the most out of these years of watching Joe actually go into his self and bring himself with him when he teaches us, meaning that the reality, like how Michael began and sharing his particular feeling of he's lived it. So he has the right to teach it. That is the wisdom that you're speaking of. But I watched how his programs and his teaching has evolved with him. And as he has learned and come to greater realization, so has he brought it to us in his sharing and his work. And actually knowing the wonderful, I think the strongest thing that I share with him is our definite thirst for the knowledge and the knowing and the continual hunger that we experience of wanting to know more and how in his workshops, and if any of our listeners get a chance, please attend his workshops. He actually has brought the science now into his programs so that usually in the back of the room, you have some scientists and some technology going on that's actually studying the room and again, gathering details as well as information to help us understand and have greater sense of credibility and belief. And in that, actually realizing... That each time this happens, he's opened another corridor in his own life. And the generosity he has to take us with him and to allow us to be part of that adventure. So we're very, very happy that you'll be with us through this time of breaking the habit of being yourself. And to actually come to respect yourself. The word that I teach the most and the only rule that I know is the word respect. And if you look closely to the word respect, you would find every word in it that makes the difference and makes the more beautiful pathway of life. So as we move along in respecting what Joe has been able to evolve forward and bring us, may you also evolve forth in the greatness of your individuality. Never forget that you have that uniqueness that nobody else has. Only you can bring to the whole what it is you have. So in actually exploring this, though, we can give you many references of wonderful things that very powerful and beautiful people have taught. The discovery of you is the most powerful discovery you'll ever make in life. And in it, you will find your place in this world. So we wish you a wonderful evening and a beautiful week. And we'll catch you next week as we then begin with our first chapter in the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Meanwhile, all good things. OCO.
0: Thank you for listening to Quantum Leap Book Club. For more information where you can contact us, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash quantum hyphen leap. Have a great week.